That's awesome. <laughs> Hello, happy Easter. Welcome to Adventure Online, episode 5, April 12th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Scott. And hey everyone, my name is Zach. I am the youth pastor here. Um, and we're so excited that we get to be hanging out with you today on this Easter. I mean, this is such a unique yeah, Easter, is it, it is, not? Bro. It is. I mean, you guys are watching us on your screen right now, and maybe you're feeling a little bit like that guy in that video. I know I've been definitely feeling like that. This is the first time I'm getting dressed up in a in a, at least a week or something like that. <laughs> Um, but hey, we're just going to ask that you'll stick with us through this talk today because we are so excited, man. With everything going on in our world, with everything going on in our country right now, we want to discuss today how we can move from being what if to even if. Yep. So the New York Times, they released an article earlier this week, and they were just wanted to interview some people who were kind of going through um, being affected by the coronavirus and just hear their thoughts and their experiences. You know, they interviewed one person from New York. It was a New York City Housing Authority retiree, and he said, an ex-wife is sick, a daughter is sick, three old friends are dead. In Queens, a young poet learned a friend's parents um, is in the hospital and one's on a ventilator. You know, the article goes on to say, um, it's a plague playing out not only on the streets, but also on the screens, racing through people's Facebook accounts and Twitter feeds, and friends of friends um, are announcing personal losses. It says the threat seems to be everywhere. And I feel like this is kind of becoming our experience. You know, all of us, I think, at some point, in some form or another, are being affected by this corona outbreak. So the question we want to really know, I mean, what's the best way for us to get through this? How do we deal with this sense of despair? Man, yeah. Sense of hopelessness and fear. Real, legitimate mm -hmm. fear. Mm -hmm. how do we replace fear with what everyone's talking about mm. right now, hope. Switch. Switch from saying what if mm -hmm. to even if. And the truth is we've been saying what if for the last month, month and a half. Uh, in our region, our state has been going through constant anxious building, anxiety building since early March. Folks have been on this um, incline of an uncontrolled future. And what's concerning is in the next 30 days, we may see anxious tendencies persist hmm. to be followed in ideally early May, but maybe mid or late, an experience of depression. Because of all of these what-if possibilities. What if someone in my family gets sick? What if I lose my job? What if I have to move? What if I lose a loved one? What if I have to face the guilt of not being overly protective? What if? It's encouraging to know that as a nation, we've experienced this kind of national fear before. This, this, however, for some of our generations is unprecedented. Unprecedented fear, yet with amazing hope. I say unprecedented fear because our current global concern probably hasn't been experienced since World War II, where everyone is 
involved and engaged in this. And yet our nation has experienced a pandemic before of staggering casualties. The Spanish flu of 1918 and 1919 resulted in 675,000 American casualties, deaths. It's just astounding. And yet we got through wow. that. God's, God's in control. Jesus is, is at the right hand of God. He's in control. And he wants to use us to help bring hope. And the way we've anchored our hope is really on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is the day where our hope becomes rational. And we can replace our fear with real hope. I love that perspective. I mean, that puts things so much into focus for us. And I think that's kind of the direction we're going to be going in today, right? How do you replace fear with hope? We are going to be switching from what if to even if. And so right now we're going to take a look at the Easter story. We're going to look at what is really the basis for why we even get to say even if. Where do we draw our hope from? And so we're going to read an account that Luke records for us. Um, this is the resurrection story right here. Jesus had just been crucified, and he had been in the tomb for a few days. Um, and here's what begins to happen next. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They did what normal people did. They were going to the tomb because he had passed away. He was no longer alive. It was the normal thing to do after someone was dead. They found the stone, though, rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men clothed and gleaming like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. And they remembered his words. That's good. So how do we begin to start replacing fear with hope? Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to start saying, even if. Even if. Even if. You know... Um, I remembered very vividly the night that, uh, the first night that I pulled into the parking lot of the hospital of Kaiser in Roseville. And my wife was in the parking lot. Actually, she was in, <laughs> she was in the hospital. And uh, she was pregnant with our twins. And she was there on bed rest because we weren't sure if our babies were going to be born premature. And we weren't sure if they would even survive, and we didn't know even if they did survive, um, if they would be healthy or have health complications. You know, I, I share that with you guys because I have struggled with some big what-ifs. And I would like to think that, I mean, like anyone in that situation would be feeling fear. You know, I, I don't know exactly what maybe your fear is today, but, I mean, you're not wrong for feeling that fear. In fact, that makes you normal. Very true. But I want us to know this, that Jesus accomplished way too much through what he did on the resurrection for you to stay in that fear. 
You know, we're here today and we're, we're celebrating Easter because of the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus actually resurrected from the dead, that he actually overcame death, that he defeated death. I mean, what in this life is more final than death? What was once final is no longer final with Jesus. And if Jesus can overcome death, he can overcome your fears. I mean, this is why when we put our faith in Jesus, we get to receive something called hope. You see, fear wants to hold us and say, hey, this is final what you are going through. But hope says, no, nothing is final. You see, fear wants us to keep asking, what if, what if, what if? But hope says, no, even if. You know, when I, when I was in that parking lot in that first night, man, I never prayed prayers so big. I never prayed so hard in my life. But because of the connection I have to Jesus, because of the faith I have in Jesus, man, I got to trust in the verse at Romans 8, 28, where it says, um, we know that all things work for the good of those who love God. And I got to have something called peace and knowing that, you know, no matter what the outcome is, God's got this. I got to pray and I got to say, you know what? Even if my babies don't make it, God, I know that you are going to do something good through this. Even if, you know, I don't, I don't get what I am expecting, God, I know that you still love me. God, even if I do not understand what is going on, I know that you are still with me and I know that you are still control. Even if. So I mean, here, here's what I want to just share with us. Here's my point. How do we do this? How do we begin to put our hope in Jesus so that we can begin to say, even if? You got to start putting all of your trust and all of your faith and all of your hope into the resurrection of Jesus. Because when you do that, all of your sins are taken away and you can then begin to be connected to the power of God where not even death can hold back from you. It's beautiful. Even if. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to make the very decision Zach was describing mm -hmm. and to put your trust in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for you. You'll have a moment at the end of service to pray a prayer. We hope if the Spirit's prompting that you'll join us for that moment. The world that Jesus was born into was a world of illness. It was a world of filth, a world of bad odor, and a world of unhealth. He was born in this world. It was a world where if you caught the cold, or you caught the flu, or you had a tooth abscess, you might die. And yet Jesus lived in that world and modeled serving others. How do we deal with our fears, with our anxiety, with our depression? Hmm. It's service. How do we replace fear with hope? What we're saying today is serve even if. I remember as a young 20-something, my grandfather encouraging me to exercise some other-centeredness, some service, and go serve the homeless. And so he would take me down to serve the homeless or go and uh, fold some clothes for those that needed it at a shelter to really serve others. And it was kind of contrary to my nature, but what I discovered is that when I did it, I experienced hope fuel. Hmm. Jesus allowed himself to be surrounded by folks that needed 
hope. One of his associates, co-workers, gave us the first century account of Jesus, and he says this, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. New York City Jesuit priest James Martin describes Jesus. He says, For Jesus the sick or dying person was not the other Not one to be blamed, but a brother or a sister. When Jesus saw a person in need, the Gospels tell us that his heart was moved with pity. He had the kind of compassion and mercy that maybe many of you saw in this this ICU ward in South Korea, where medical staff were giving of their presence when there was nothing else they could do for some covid 19 victims. アベマリアが来たので、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、病院に行くことができて、
and we do that. We do that by saying, what if? No longer. But instead saying, even if. That is so good. I think that's so needed right now because I know for myself and I'm sure for a lot of us, that's not our first instinct, right? We're thinking about each other. We're buying 100 rolls of toilet paper right now, but man, it is so needed that we are thinking about we and not so much me, um, even if. So here, here's the third one. Here's our final thought for you guys. How can we still continue to replace fear with hope? We are going to start new, even if. Um, Maybe some of you guys are like me. I've been on the internet a lot more lately with my downtime. Um, and there's been like tons of different like memes and a bunch of stuff going on all related to the coronavirus and what's going on. Um, but I saw one story that really stuck out to me. And um, some of you guys may be familiar with this story, um, but I'm sharing it with us right now because not everyone knows this story. And I thought it was just such, such a great reminder for us. You know, the way the story goes is it um, sets up the year. The year is 2030. And there's a college student who's in a college class. And in this class during this day, they're talking all about the corona outbreak of 2020. So he learns about it, he hears about it, he goes home, and he decides to talk to his dad. And he says, hey, dad, today in school we were learning about the corona outbreak of 2020. Um, tell me, what, what did you think it was like when you were going through it? The dad goes, oh, let me tell you, those were tough times, man. Everyone was fearful. Everyone was having to be stuck in their homes. People were losing their jobs. People were getting sick. It was just a horrible, tough, and scary time. And dad looks at the son, he goes, you must have been, what, nine or ten years old? You, you must remember what it was like. And the son goes, well, I mean, I do, but I just remember we didn't have to go to school. I remember that we were, we were having family time like never before. I remember that we were having family dinners like every night, and we were having family game night like every night. He says, for me, those were some of the best memories of my childhood. You know, I, I share that with us, like I said, right now, because I think it gives us so much of the right perspective. Yeah. You know, I, I can't always control my circumstances, you know, but I can control how I respond to them. Yep. You know, right now, how are you responding to your circumstances? You know, Peter um, was a guy who lived really close with Jesus. Peter was one of his disciples. He was one of his best friends. Um, and I wanted to check out what he says to us here in 1 Peter 1.3. He says, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And check this out. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So here's what we're going to do. How can we respond with even if right now, no matter our circumstances, we can start some new Right? Even if this Easter isn't the way it's supposed to be, um, I will start some new Easter traditions with my family. Even if I can't be with my church family, which by the way, we miss you guys so much, but even if Amen. we can't be together, you know what? I am going to start some new um, traditions and habits with my family, praying together, praying with my wife together. You see, the idea here is I'm just saying, let Jesus bring some new, some fresh new life into your family, to bring some fresh new life into your marriage. Let Jesus just bring some fresh new life into you. You know, don't waste this time right now that God is giving you. Start new even if. Maybe right now is the time to write write down something new that you felt needed to be started in your own home, hmm. 
in your, amongst your own disciplines, in your personal life, and just trust Jesus to give you the strength to really follow through and enjoy it. Something that will really benefit your family. You know, just to start, giving yourself a little hope. 10% hope, according to Ray Johnston in his book, Hope Quotient. 10% hope, not, not 30, not 50. Merely 10% hope, according to some studies, can open up a path to get into shape. <laughs> okay. can, can help you win battles previously lost. 10% hope can give you new energy to invest in your kids. Sound like a need? I need some hope. <laughs> it can help you make better marital decisions. 10% more hope generates patterns that lead to financial freedom. The will to go back to school, apply for a new job, grow and develop. 10% more hope generates the fuel that leads to spiritual vitality and health. Just 10%. Where is your hope level at? Are you a what-if thinker? Or are you an even-if thinker? The question we've asked today is, how do you replace fear with hope? And what we're saying is switch. Switch to what-if. Switch from what-if to even-if. Say even-if. And put your hope in Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. You're going to have a chance to, in just a moment, to pray with Zach and me. Serve even if. Has the Spirit put someone on your mind to call? I encourage you to call him before this day's over. Start new even if. How's the Spirit prompting you to start something new? in your home, around the table. New York City Jesuit priest James Martin has described the last month for him as going to his regular radiology appointments for his benign tumor at 69th and York Street. And he talks about when he, goes, when he has gone to the hospital, he sees medical staff out front, uh, getting some fresh air. He sees patients going in and out that are there for routine checkups. And then he sees others that are uh, visiting because they're facing um, some daunting prognoses. And uh, so every time he gets in the cab, he says, hey, please take me to 69th in York. He goes there frequently. And one afternoon at a nearby chapel where he was praying, he got this prompting, and the prompting was, everyone is going to 69th and York. They just have different times and appointments. Everyone is facing what-if questions. Everyone is experiencing one level or another of fear. We all need to move towards hope and say, hey, you know what? Even if, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to put my hope in the resurrected Son of God, my provider, the one who gives me strength to serve, the one who gives me energy to start some new. We want to make certain that your 
clothed in that kind of strength today. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you in an Easter prayer. And if you'd like to pray it with me, maybe privately, I encourage you to take the blanket, cover your face in your own, in your own family room, or go to a private room, or uh, get up and get comfortable. But I'm going to lead you in an Easter prayer that's going to help you move from what if to even if. Are you ready? I'm going to pray it in phrase by phrase and invite you to pray it with me. Dear God, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to earth. I believe Jesus was who he said he was and proved it by rising from death. I want to discover and begin following your plan and purpose for my life. I want to get to know you personally. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and forgiving all my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your free gift of eternal life. Amen. 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 Wow. If you just prayed that prayer with Zach and I, we just want you to know, uh, you've just placed yourself in a totally new, even if, trajectory. Wow. You're, you're, you're a new person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to encourage you to, to tell someone, and they may just give you a blank stare. Tell someone, hey, I prayed an Easter prayer today. They might think you're a little weird. But you know something's happened inside. And one of the people we want you to tell is the two of us. Mm-hmm. Would you please text our all-church line on the screen and let us know, Zach, Scott, I prayed the Easter prayer with you guys today. We want to know about it. We want to follow up with you personally on this even if mm-hmm. Easter Hope Sunday. Thanks for the honor of being with you. Zach, it's been awesome doing this with you. Yeah, so fun hanging out with you guys today. Thank you. You guys have a fantastic Easter morning and afternoon. He is risen.